Hi, welcome to episode 594 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I could be taking a nap right now. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today is Fantastic Four 605 from June 2012. End of Line by Jonathan Hickman and Ron Garney. So, it's Ron Garney, another in a long line of revolving artists during the Hickman run. I guess that's kind of the problem plaguing a lot of Marvel comics in this decade. The revolving door of artists. But I do love Ron Garney. Some comic book fans fall into that category of thinking that the writer is the most important, and some fall into the category where they think that the art is the most important. I fall into that last category. When I buy a comic, the first thing I want to see is good artwork, visually appealing with the ability to tell a story using pictures. Nothing annoys me more than an artist who can't tell the story and it falls onto the writer to add captions or dialogue that explains what's going on. I find it interesting that in modern comics, it's the writers that get all the glory and attention, like Hickman here does on the Fantastic Four, but the artist they get moved around and treated like an afterthought, like they're not all that important. When in fact, in this age where writers use captions and narration sparingly, and they never use thought balloons anymore, the artist has become even more important than ever before. My opinion of Hickman Run has been uh, up and down and up and down. I feel like having a one consistent artist would have helped bring some consistency to the look and the storytelling of the entire run. I don't know why I've gone off on a tangent, but once again, here's another artist, Ron Garney, who I like very much. Just flipping through this issue, I'm quite looking forward to reading it. So let's hit page one. So the story starts in the Baxter building with Nathaniel Richards and Reed Richards working on some kind of observation platform that travels in time. Are you sure you want to do this? Nathaniel asks. I have to know. Reed replies. Nathaniel admits that now that he has rewritten history with recent events, he's curious to see what the future looks like. I would advise him to stay home. You don't want to know. So they get into the machine. They travel to the future. I can tell it's the future because there are a lot of big, oddly shaped buildings without windows. A dead giveaway. There's also a lot of flying cars. And to give Ron and Garney some credit, there are plenty of buildings with windows. Actually, it's a really sweet two-page spread of Reed and Nathaniel flying over this futuristic version of New York. Reed sends a little Herbie robot, which he calls a Herbot. I bet Snoop Dogg has a Herbot, you know, that carries around his herbs. Nathaniel is saying that the future appears to be in safe hands. Clearly, this takes place after the election of 2020. But just then, there's an explosion over at the Baxter building. Reed gets data back from Herbie that in this future, planet Earth has aligned itself with the Shi'ar and Badoon empires. And out of that hole in the Baxter building come out a group of scrolls who are working for their masters, the Kree Empire. To fight the scrolls, along comes the current version of the Fantastic Four. 
including adult Franklin Richards. I thought he was going to go off and live with Galactus. They made such a big deal about that, just last issue. Also, Ben Grimm, the thing, who has grown a beard. Okay, that's kind of gross. It's not really a beard, it's just orange rocks on his bumpy face in the shape of a beard, which makes no sense at all. When Ben says it's clobbering time, Franklin smiles, saying that in over a thousand years, he never gets tired of hearing that. So yeah, Ben and Johnny have lived a very long time. Reed figures that the only time that Ben ages is when he takes that serum that turns him into human form for one week a year. Oh, come on. You know that serum will not even be a thing by the time the year 2013 rolls around. Reed wants to go further into the future to the year 4012. An old Ben Grimm, still alive after all these years. You know, it turns out, out of all the members of the Fantastic Four, he got the best powers, staying alive for thousands of years. Ben is giving a speech to a bunch of people, a lot of alien-looking people, and he says that in the past, only Reed Richards or Franklin Richards have stood on this stage and made this speech. It's a speech to the 4012 graduating class of the Future Foundation. Reed of the present says that this seems okay, so they move on to the year 5012. And now, the city looks overrun with plants and trees and stuff. Ben is in a greenhouse looking very old. As Reed and Nathaniel watch, Ben is complaining to himself about how people only eat super processed jelly goo and he hasn't had a hamburger in 1500 years. You know, it's funny, the last hamburger I had from McDonald's was made out of super processed jelly goo. Old Ben sits down next to a statue of Reed, Sue, and Johnny, and he says to himself that he wishes Franklin, who has been gone for over a thousand years now, would come back. And in the year 6012, Franklin does come back to visit Ben as he lays there dying. And after this sad scene, Reed tells his dad that he wants to go home. So when they're back home, Reed heads into the kitchen, grabs a couple of beers, and heads to the living room to watch boxing with Ben and Bentley. Oh, I'm sure Bentley just happens to be there. I don't think that's why Reed is in the room. Ben seems surprised that Reed is staying. I don't think he's the type to watch a lot of television. I'm keeping the remote, Ben adds. He asks if Reed has some anti-doomsday thing to work on, and Reed says, I'm good, and he stays there in the room. I've missed you too, Stretch. How long was Reed gone? I didn't get the impression that Reed was missed gone for very long. Or maybe Ben was talk is talking about how Reed has been obsessed with work through pretty much the entire Hickman run, so he's saying that he's missed him over a period of time because he was busy working? I don't know. That's the end of the issue. I'm not entirely sure what the point of this issue was. It's not explained why Reed was traveling into the future. He just wanted to make sure that his buddy would live a long life. I don't know if I would like that if I were Reed. If you found out that your best friend was going to live for thousands of years, and you would only live a normal, a normal lifetime, wouldn't that kind of make you jealous? It would be hard to take. By the way, how sad is it that 
4,000, after 4,000 years, Ben's life still revolves around his dead friends. He doesn't make any new friends in all those years? Hi, welcome to episode 594, part 2, FF17, from June 2012, The Roommate Experiment, by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragota. So, hooray! It seems that FF has abandoned its format of focusing on the kids, and instead, this issue is all about Peter Parker and Johnny Storm, who for some reason, last episode, decided they wanted to share an apartment together. Why? The story starts three weeks into the so-called roommate experiment, with Peter laying in bed, making a mental list of things to do. Call Aunt May. Check email work in the lab, pay bills, buy groceries, fight crime, and kick out Johnny Storm. You know, Johnny Storm is, like, very rich. Plus, doesn't he already have his own apartment? What happened to his apartment? Why, is he, why does he need to live with Peter Parker? None of this makes any sense. Peter heads into the kitchen where Johnny is in his underwear and an apron making French toast. Spider-Man may not like this, but he has an amazing friend who would love it. After Peter finishes breakfast, he opens the door to the closet and falls into the negative zone. And a bunch of bug creatures descend on him and Johnny appears and calls them off. For some reason, Reed has installed a gateway to the negative zone in the closet of Johnny and Peter's apartment. Why? Why would he do that? That seems awfully dangerous. Is that supposed to be funny? It's not funny. It's very dangerous. So an exasperated Pete gets his coat and he heads off to work. And later, at work, in the middle of a big presentation, Peter gets a, po Peter gets a call from Johnny and he answers the phone. You don't have to do that, Peter. Put it on silent. Let that bastard vibrate. Johnny wants Peter to stop by the store and pick up some drinks and stuff on the way home. Peter gets angry and he adds to his mental list of things to do, beat Johnny into a coma. But still, Peter picks up the soft drinks and the chips at the store. He heads home to find Johnny partying with his new friends, the Light Brigade. The guy with the horse face thinks that Peter is the houseboy and orders him to bring him the Kaimel which Peter tries, and he ends up getting drunk on Kaimel, and he has a drunken night out with the crew. And in the morning, Peter thinks it might be fun to have Johnny as a roommate after all. But he overhears Johnny talking on the phone to a woman, and then when Johnny hangs up the phone, he says to Peter, Mary Jane says hi, which, even though Peter doesn't remember that he's married to Mary Jane, it still drives him nuts. But Johnny was just kidding. So later, after another situation in the bathroom, Peter finally decides to kick Johnny out for good. The situation 
is he opens the door to the bathroom and Annihilus is sitting on the toilet. Okay, that's pretty funny. But really, this issue is insane. The comedy is so broad and wacky. It would be funnier if some of the stuff actually made sense. Like if there were a scene earlier with Annihilus hanging around the apartment and it paid off with a gag at the end. Or if there was some reason why there was a closet with a negative zone portal in it. Or if there was some rational reason why Johnny and Peter were even sharing an apartment in the first place. Ugh. I. Hate. This FF series. So that's all for now. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Party Rock! Yeah! Everybody just have a good time. Oh. Everybody just have a good time.